Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring the best change management to you. In this From the Field episode, Managing Editor Brian Gorman and Meg Newhouse, CEO and co-founder of The Inspiring Group, explore some of the challenges that business leaders and their organizations are facing and the role that change practitioners should be playing in helping to address those challenges. We hope you enjoy this installment of the Change Management Review Podcast. Hello, this is Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review, and welcome to our podcast. Our guest today is Meg Newhouse, the CEO and co-founder of Inspirant Group, which defines itself as the home of the unconsultants guiding their clients from inspiration to transformation. In an era ushering in more digitization and automation, Meg still believes that humans are any organization's greatest asset. After observing many people close to her dread going to work and loathing their jobs, she has focused her career on helping people reach their full potential in life, both in the work they do and beyond. Insprint is Meg's second startup. She is a member of the Forbes Business Council and holds a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's of education degree in instructional design from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Welcome, Meg. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. So I'd love to start off with asking you, what are unconsultants? (laughs) It's just fun to say, (laughs) the unconsultants. Yeah, so, you know, we founded Insprint Group back in 2017, and as part of creating this organization, I was initially the chief people officer, and my role was to focus on the people and the culture of the organization. And so we consider ourselves a people-first company, and to us, people are threefold. It's our team our clients, and then the community at large. So our team of unconsultants, uh, we are 100% focused on helping them to reach their full potential. You know, we spend so much time at work and we hire the most talented folks that we can find. And so the fact that they choose to share their talent with us, we want to give them everything that we can in order for them to be as successful as they want to be in life. And, you know, the unconsultant spirit goes out to our community. We like to give back. Um, It's really important to us. One of our core values is to care about the greater good. And we really demonstrate this through the pro bono work that we give back to the community through our consulting services. Meg, your firm's work spans a number of different areas, including strategy and operations, talent and organization, technology and data, digital transformation, and as I said in the intro, from inspiration to transformation. As we enter this increasingly uncertain period, which may or may not become the post-pandemic phase of business, what do you see as the most significant challenges facing organizations? I mean, Ryan, that's such a great question. I, I think there are a lot of challenges. I believe that your listeners are likely familiar with the latest phrase, the great resignation. Uh, So it really, you know, you've heard about the war for talent for a long time, but I now believe that the entire world is a competitor for your great talent because 
uh, we have shown that, you know, talented, motivated, successful people are able to work from anywhere. And companies that are uh, keyed into that are going to be able to recruit that talent and give them what they want. One of the number one things that employees are asking for right now is flexibility in their work. And if the companies have not figured out the way to provide that flexibility in a really bespoke and individualized manner, um, they're going to lose that talent war. I believe that leadership has evolved. You know, there's, there's no more, as I just said, one size fits all way of managing people. There used to be that kind of command and control or carrot and stick way. And uh, if you don't fit the role, there's someone right behind you that I can get in there. That just doesn't work anymore. You know, I mean, you're laughing, right? You know this. The entire world is very bespoke, right? We can get anything that we need customized and personalized to our own individual needs. Why would people not want that from work where they spend 40 plus hours a week? And so as a manager, as a leader, that's the other you know, post-pandemic era where I'm seeing some challenges, leaders that have not evolved, that have not used this global crisis as a time to reflect and really understand how to lead a team of people, how to proactively and intentionally create a culture are going to see a great resignation in their organization. What other challenges? So you've talked about the great resignation. You've talked about a little bit about what one of my friends calls olden in the way leadership. What other major challenges do you see at this time? In the intro, you mentioned that I believe that any organization's greatest asset is their people. Even in this time where we have more digitization and automation, more AI, more machine learning, I still believe that people are any organization's greatest asset. And that really, if you are not focusing on the talent, uh, you are going to quickly lag behind. As I mentioned, there are ways to be intentional with culture. I think a lot of organizations think that culture happens organically, but if you let that happen, uh, you might find that it's not the culture that you wanted it to be. So any good leader is really going to be thoughtful, not only about what we would call the macro culture, which to me is um, how the organization as a whole feels. An organization will have their core values defined, you know, uh, have behaviors associated with those core values. The employees really understand what it means to live by those values. But organizations will also have these microcultures where managers are really in charge of what their team's culture feels like. And I talk about feelings and I'm not doing that flippantly. I'm actually doing that very intentionally. I think that is also a big shift in what the future of work looks like. In the last year, the ability to talk about mental health and how people are affected by that in the workplace has become much more okay and prevalent. And if leaders are not embracing that and figuring out how to talk about that, and honestly, Brian, figuring that out what that means for themselves, everyone, you know, has their own trauma that they're working through, regardless of what scale that works on. But you could even say from a global pandemic perspective, there's a trauma that everyone has had to deal with in some form or another. If folks really aren't navigating through that and making intentional choices about what it means to show up at work, again, they're going to 
lose their valuable employees and not being intentional about the culture does affect the bottom line. I mean, any HR department or recruiting department can talk to you about the cost of recruiting and onboarding a new employee, you know, let alone the um, tribal knowledge, if you will, that leaves with someone uh, when they choose to leave an organization and, and those holes and gaps that you need to fill instead of, you know, really investing the time and energy into retaining the talent that you worked so hard to bring on. You're a change practitioner. You work with your clients to define strategies and execute the changes necessary to achieve success. What are the biggest challenges we as change practitioners are facing these days? I believe that some of the biggest challenges facing change practitioners are that there are assumptions made on the level of understanding of individuals within the organization. So again, I'm on my soapbox, I'm preaching to you about how we are in a very bespoke time in our evolution as humans, but even in our evolution in corporate America, that individuals need to be communicated with in the way that they're best going to receive information. Often, you know, people kind of miss each other in the conversations that they have, and the communicator gets very frustrated. Why does this person not get what I'm trying to tell them? And I will tell you that that is your fault. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but as the communicator, if, if someone isn't understanding you, you need to change up the way that you're communicating your message. It has nothing to do with the person receiving the message. You need to find a different way to get to them. And then there's also, you know, there's all those stats out there, but someone needs to hear the same thing seven different times in order for it to really resonate. So I think that what often happens, I don't think this is a new problem. I think that um, as we have more access to information and more and more information becomes uh, available to us through the internet, through our smartphones, you know, the, the millions of different ways that we take in information each day, if there is not a clear, concise, and cohesive communication plan on any sort of change that's happening within your organization, from a process change to technology implementation, um, something as simple as, uh, I guess this isn't simple, but really, you know, um, the return to office, the hybrid work, what your plan is for that. If that isn't communicated clearly, concisely, cohesively, and in multiple different ways, the message is not going to be received. And you can't assume that it has been received. You have to continue to communicate it. I also believe that um, often people think that one, one and done, and if things change, uh, even if they're presented with new information, they find it really hard to say, oh, wait, things have changed. You know, people have a hard time admitting that maybe they were wrong the first time, or maybe they made a mistake, or maybe with new information, now we have a new approach. And I think that people, um, you need to not let your ego get in the way. And it's okay when presented with new information, you can change your mind and that is okay. As long as you communicate it clearly and effectively and you know state the reason for the change, people tend to be forgiving and understanding if presented with that kind of information. How much of a responsibility do we as change practitioners have to tell the clients we're working with, whether we're internal or external, that they're making a mistake? A hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts of my job, Brian. <laughs> 
of course, you know, I mean, uh, client first, whether it's internal or external, you have to have a customer service mindset. You don't show up and go, I told you so, or wow, that's really stupid. Um, you know, you have to have that finesse, that uh, way of delivering the message. I think that especially being an unconsultant or, you know, someone outside of the organization, someone that people are hiring or asking for advice, that's my job. That is what they're asking me to do. Now, they might not like the information that I'm sharing. They might not like that um, I'm telling them that they're making a mistake or that isn't the best thing to do, but that really is why they've brought us in to give them that outside perspective and to really have them think and reflect on what the right way forward is. Now, they, they're welcome to take it or leave it, but I haven't done my job if I haven't given them the entire story. How do we maximize the likelihood of being successful in delivering those tough messages? I mean, it really comes down to establishing trust. And the best way I have found to build trust is to be an intentional listener. So what I mean by that is listening with the intent to understand, not listening with the intent to respond. So the more you genuinely listen to someone and genuinely try to understand what they're telling you. And I think especially as a consultant, people have what they think is the answer in their mind. Well, I've done that here and I've done that there and I've seen it work before. So it's gonna work for you as well, blah, blah, blah. You're telling me the same thing, but it's not the same. Even if you think you've seen that problem a hundred times, it's different people, it's a different organization. The cultures are all different. And so you really have to listen and listen with intent. And the more you do that, you establish that trust. So then when you do have to deliver difficult messages, you have that rapport, you have that trust, and it's much easier for the person on the receiving end to hear that. As an unconsultant, what other counsel would you give other change practitioners in this uncertain time? I would say be true to yourself always as challenging as that can be, I think more and more, I believe that through the disruption that we experienced with the pandemic, as I mentioned, the ability to more freely talk about our own personal experiences with mental health, the racial injustice that so many people are grappling with, it's been quite a year of really one historic event after another. And I believe that people can really sniff out um, disingenuineness and, you know, really fakeness at this point. So I would say be true to yourself, even if it does feel challenging at times, if you feel nervous about having a difficult conversation or delivering the hard truth, you know, one of our core values, as I mentioned, was care about the greater good. And one of the behaviors that we associate with that is we say, we tell the truth, even when it's hard to do. And so, I would really encourage you to do that because then you will find the right people that you're supposed to work with, right? You're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, nor do you need to be. You really just want to find that right match. And when you do, you're going to do amazing things together. Meg, thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. I really enjoyed our conversation. We hope you've enjoyed this from the field episode of the Change Management Review Podcast with Brian Gorman managing editor of the Change Management Review, and Meg Newhouse. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and like us on LinkedIn.